Hello, hello, and welcome to the second episode of Thinking Out Loud. I am Naman Zahid, and in this podcast, I'd like to discuss some of the things that have I have come across uh, today. Um, I'd like to thank my viewers who listened to the first podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys will stay with me on this journey in which I uh, share many things that I come across every day. And some of the things that I've been seeing a lot lately, for instance, is, especially on social media, is a rising trend among, uh, I'd say, the millennial generation onwards who are actively using the internet. They are using it as a platform to voice their um, sentiments, their opinions, and to share their stories. And this has been a very, very powerful movement that I have seen. For those who aren't aware, there have been a lot of instances where police brutality has occurred um, in many countries. Uh, the The thing that is a really pressing matter is is that when we start to perceive the protection around us and this is the protection that we believe is there to help us when the concept starts to arise that they're actually a dangerous force because of perhaps my color or perhaps because of the clothes i'm wearing or the place i live in then you get to a point where a person is making a decision based off of certain biases and today we have a term called racial bias this is where a person has racial and racism towards another person perhaps or a certain identity a group of people um, because of varying characteristics that you've come to observe so in america today the the issue is is of police brutality against black people it's been a recurring event every year we've heard it on the news multiple times where a police officer kills a black man in america as america wants to supposedly become great again as their president says to become great you have to become a country that leads by example to be a leader you have to show the the strengths of a leader someone who is a guiding force towards greater achievements in terms of um, equality welfare health of their country in terms of their diplomatic relationships with their neighbors in terms of the policies they have that promote justice and peace once you say you want to be a leader in this current global age we're in then you as a country or as a a a political movement there have to be signs that that is the direction they are heading towards now in america today in the united states it is not all peaceful today it is it is a lot of panic the country is currently going through as many other countries are a pandemic basically where there is fear and panic and an uncertainty as to who will survive the next day who will 
contract the virus for instance and get sick and how many of those will, will die of it now that is a very very i'd say current reality that we're all going through uh some of us may feel that we're not really being affected by it um in the sense that we feel safe using our sanitizers our face masks and that is true to many extents that we are protected when we use uh these uh safety measures like social distancing all of those have definitely helped in reducing the rate of infection the issue though is how long can we sustain the production of these uh, hand sanitizers face masks and how long will people be able to afford these protective measures until number 1 they can't really afford it anymore because now it's a question of putting food on the table or buying safety equipments this is if the lockdown is prolonged for much longer and people are unable to work uh right now cash is a major issue in many parts of the world uh where money has not been circulated in the economy because businesses have been closed down and in places where there is some level of activity economic activity where employment has not drastically been closed off trade is still ongoing so to to a large extent global trade of say main resources such as oil uh, is still ongoing uh, cars are still running although not all airplanes are running uh, flying in the mo- at the moment uh, transport would be roughly um probably less than medium at this point in in terms of the rate it was if it was at a high level we're probably sitting about between low and medium um towards medium um in cape town alone now traffic has picked up over the over the weeks um during level 2 of lockdown here i think it will we'll see even more traffic uh during level 5 and level 4 it was very low traffic on the roads so we're moving towards a point where things are opening up as time goes on and now it's a th- question of whether the vaccines will come out at a point in time where humans can uh, feel safe you know being close to one another the the issue is is that because the virus has been um known to cause death among a certain criterion of people who exhibit certain symptoms or certain other diseases those are the people who are more at risk in south africa i believe the total uh death rate among everyone who's been infected is about 2% 2% is much higher than what the death rate from a normal flu influenza would be if it if there was an outbreak across the country which does happen every year there's an influenza strain that goes around in most parts of the world and our bodies have learned how to fight against influenza mostly uh, most of us have had the flu probably once a year or every other year and we build up immunity to flu but as we grow older the the immune systems begins to weaken and once we're hitting all the ages and our bodies are not very fit not very 
strong enough to fight off the viruses or the infections then there's a there's a need for extra support that's where the ICU comes in the whole need for hospitals with uh, ventilators and such machineries to keep the lungs going basically because the virus tends to kill the inner parts of the lungs and breathing becomes much more difficult so we are waiting basically now everyone everyone i could say mostly around the world is waiting for a solution a a a fix to this problem and there's not going to be one specific solution you'll see that as time goes on there's going to be multiple uh, vaccines that will come out into into the healthcare system from various companies across the world there will be a many measures taken across different countries one one that is very common is the promotion of the use of hand sanitizers and face masks and social distancing that is being done in most parts of the world where the coronavirus outbreak has occurred um it's a matter of time now right now we're fighting against time to prevent more spread and find a treatment and find a vaccine some people are really investing a lot of money we should uh we should all have probably heard about bill gates and his foundation that is investing millions and millions in developing vaccines and the world health organization is also playing a role here in trying to uh fight this virus there have been in the past many uh stories going around um trying to basically implicate a few people um a few different organizations as being the cause of the coronavirus outbreak um that is when someone says uh, there's a problem reaction solution uh going on its way an event is created as a problem people react to it in different ways and then a solution is given So if we look at the events that have unfolded the problem was the coronavirus um outbreak in China in Wuhan then from there the reactions was to start to close down businesses and impose lockdowns across the city that was done in Wuhan and as the virus begins to leave Wuhan and go across borders to different parts of the world Italy uh United Kingdom African countries were also hit um Asian countries a lot of countries were hit uh, in the first wave of the spread and from the first wave now we're entering into from November that was when we started to hear rumors about it till now we're in June so it's been about 7 months since these events have been unfolding and it would probably take two full years to get to a point where vaccines are readily available best best estimates or two years and if we really really have efficient um systems we may be able to do it in the next 18 months so until then we're going to have a situation where people are going to be more cautious about um how they interact with other people um the new norm of using the elbow 
is probably going to remain for quite some time and the the whole um work system that is emerging today where lots of conferences are happening online lots of meetings uh, lots of uh, different work is being done through um from home basically people working from home and so what we're seeing now is that the internet is basically becoming one of the real um important resources today one one of the most crucial ones that we need to connect with one another and to to work with one another on different projects and the the data that we have today has also allowed us to fight um this pandemic the number of laboratories across the world that are you know gathering data and doing research and collaborating with other scientists and sharing it um on various platforms in open source groups they are all doing this in a global effort as a team of scientists medical workers um healthcare workers volunteers uh people who are funding it so it's it's a very huge collective effort and most of us will never hear the stories of what's happening in the background a lot of us will see the headlines of vaccine has been made um vaccine trials to begin on x dates 2021 and then there'll be announcements of vaccines now ready for distribution production in large supplies being made and then you'll see the vaccines will start spreading all around and people will be vaccinated door to door or in schools like back in the days when polio was a thing or measles or whatever and you know kids would get them in schools so you can you can almost see a future where the coronavirus uh covid-19 uh will be a prescribed vaccine for children as they're born so as to give them immunity for their whole life but if if this virus i think if there's a chance that it's able to mutate again and form a whole new strain then we're going to run into the issue of what we have with influenza where every season you need a new flu shot a new vaccine to fight the current strain that is going around um so i hope and i really do hope that this covid-19 does not mutate again and then that would really make it difficult to fight anyways so that's the one thing that i really wanted to discuss today discuss and apart from that there would be a few other things so one of my friends had a few questions he was asking me what are some of the things uh that he could do to or that i have done that he could emulate to basically um give back more to nature than to take and i'd say one of the first things we can do is actually spread the awareness that we have to preserve and um take care of nature that's one we have to share information of of what um dangers there are what risks we're running into and what the future generation will have to face because of the actions of people today once we're educated enough and we understand the problem now we can start to talk about solutions so first of all 
if you're not aware of the environmental crises happening today i would ask you to go and look up information and and read about the environment and the natural resources of this planet and the levels at which humans are depleting them and the time it would take for them to basically replenish now number one we need to start thinking about water and drinking water as a first thing um in the long term how will we able to supply our populations with clean water if for instance the the climate changes and we have different rain patterns for instance we have more droughts in certain parts of the world how would they survive when they don't have rain water that's a question that people are asking today and in cape town for instance when we had the droughts we had to think about a future where we'd had to ration water every day and there was a period of in cape town where water rationing was uh, very strict and the prices also went up now as it's been probably 2 years since then rains have been um, better in this part and so the the threats to the water it's not as high as it used to be but it's still there it's in the background for now so this is just on the issue of uh, water on drinking water now it's not that there's not enough water available on this planet there's enough oceans uh, but the thing is do we have enough um, machineries to convert s- salted water from the ocean into drinking water now some countries have done it i believe and i've i read about it and heard about it um i would wouldn't know the exact location but in israel for instance there have been some plants that convert salted ocean water to drinking water those are called desalination plants and you basically need to extract out the water molecules h2o in vapor form from the water and it leaves behind the salt crystals and then that water can then be condensed back into liquid uh, formed by applying a cooling uh, system basically to construct these would only be feasible for the most part in countries that are near uh, coast coastal countries which have oceans but when you come inland and you come towards drier parts of the world now you have to think either you conserve water and recycle the water you could also dig into the earth and extract it from boreholes in african countries where water supplies have been scarce boreholes have been one of the major projects that have been undertaken in different parts in different villages across african countries where they haven't been able to construct let's say a dam or a water reservoir or there's no real way to um channel water to different houses because there've been no uh pipes laid in those areas You must understand piping is really important to to serve water to a large group of people living in a community and the system of pipes go way way back to ancient Sumeria and also accounts of it have been in other cities built later on in the Middle East um 
and so the, the the use of pipes are largely beneficial even today and in the developing parts of the world the projects being undertaken usually involve distribution of certain types of resources like electricity internet water um, largely Africa is a very huge huge continent in size so it will take some time to put in the infrastructure that we've seen in first world countries and so what we need especially is in Africa is for a collaboration between African countries to improve and innovate for Africa the west the united states europe they've done what they had to do for themselves um in asia china japan india are all innovating for themselves almost every country today that is at the forefront is innovating uh, in different fields some may be really good in agriculture others may be good in uh resources such as um diamond or gold some may be good in oil some may be good in farming so that is that is a competitive advantage that a country can have and so when countries play on their competitive advantage they can trade with one another and they can provide other countries who may not be very good at producing what that country produces and they can swap things around and basically we have global trade so the thing that i would love to see in africa today and developing in the future is a collaboration between different african institutions different countries to promote development in different fields we are yet to see an african space program we are yet to see an african trade agreement where there's a freedom of movement between african countries where one does not need visas to move between any african country we do need an african union that brings all the countries together as one continent and allows for better trade and sharing of skills resources and more relations being built hmm one other thing that i have been thinking about is how do we keep ourselves mentally and spiritually and physically fit after after doing some thinking and from my personal experience i can say that once a person consumes healthy things and basically they alter their mindset from a judgment based continuously com- comparison mode to thinking of many things which are basically not real they're unreal they're they're thoughts 
and when they spend so much time in their thoughts they tend to lose um their focus on the present moment so that's how our attention may get pulled away from what's around us to what's within us in our heads and what i've noticed is, is that we we've, we've we've heard a lot of people complain that they lack attention span their adhd they need medication to focus and focus is something that i've known can be trained and it can be improved uh humans have the capacity to improve their senses and sharpen their senses we have the ability to make our bodies move faster more agile movements we can increase the strength of our body we can increase our mental capacity the speed at which we read the rate at which we can perform tasks our productivity levels we can alter a lot about ourselves by doing various practices now if you want to let's say improve your focus one of the practices that i highly recommend and i often do myself is meditation yes meditation now meditation comes in many many forms and there's many ways to do it but simply the meditation i do is i focus on my breathing for a couple of minutes 5 10 minutes at a time and the point of the meditation exercise is to let go of the thoughts and the things that you have to do and basically find a comfortable space to sit in or lie in and just breathe and feel the breath going within the body and out of the body and as you repeat this breathing exercise for a few minutes every day you will start to develop mindfulness you will have the capacity to be more aware of the current state of moment and the the benefits of mindfulness come in many many forms the first thing is you learn how to reduce your stress levels you learn how to control your emotions better you learn how to put yourself in a comfortable space for instance if you can't really fall asleep you can use meditation to calm your mind before you sleep to have less worrying thoughts or random noise in your head meditation has also been used by many religions and many uh esoteric traditions uh breathing exercises are found in the yogic system and also breathing exercises are found in practitioners among taoist zen buddhists and breathing practices are also practiced by um athletes and various other people in the world now breathing is an essential practice in life without breathing we basically we basically cannot live for too long we probably die when we if we don't breathe for 8 5 minutes sometimes max 3 depends on how much lung capacity you have and how endurance your body is but normally after a few minutes of not breathing we lose consciousness and then we eventually die if we're not given air to breathe so 
the breath is basically part of our life force and when we don't breathe the way we're meant to breathe and we breathe in a much more i i would say it's not a relaxed form however it may be a form that is not at a high capacity it's it's shallow breathing deep breathing and shallow breathing are two different things very different in the sense that shallow breathing you usually use your chest and you use your chest muscles to expand your lungs a bit and then contract them while deep breathing comes from the stomach where you use your diaphragm to do more of the breathing and the 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 movement comes from the stomach so when you push your stomach out and you let it relax in that's breathing from your stomach and that uses your diaphragm that is how we should be breathing and breathing from the chest is actually more tense and more tiring and breathing from the stomach is more pleasant and relaxing so that's a simple thing that you can practice every day you breathe from your stomach and you focus on your breath and you feel the breath go in and out and you enjoy that moment that that moment you have with yourself just breathing you may do other things after that whatever you need to do but if you just take some time out of your life every day to focus on your breathing you will notice a lot of changes secondly you can also start to practice a form of creative um expressionism you may you may find writing as an outlet where you can express your thoughts your emotions others may find that drawing and something an artwork an art piece can let them express themselves others may find it in singing some people may find it in sports anything that allows you to basically express your creative self um to basically not just do the mundane daily things that you do which are in your routine like your normal stuff the stuff that you basically do without even thinking about it like waking up picking up your phone scrolling into your notifications checking them putting your phone to the side walking to the bathroom doing whatever you know and then maybe breakfast some people exercise so the exercising part if you do it in the morning that's a really good habit a very very healthy way to start your day exercising in the morning gives you a lot of positive chemicals in your body some adrenaline some dopamine things that will give you energy throughout your day a good start to the day a good breakfast in the morning is also highly recommended it has to be rich in certain nutrients like for instance you need proteins in the morning you need your carbohydrates you need some vitamins Essentially your morning breakfast should give you enough nutrition to power you throughout the morning the afternoon depending on when you have lunch if in the day you have a a a snack or something you could um wait and eat at night if you're trying to maintain a certain body size and if you want to push it a bit and gain some more calories then you can up your diet during the day and at night So back to the discussion I was having on what was it now I lost my track of thoughts I was talking about 
from diet we arrived here so let's track back to when we were discussing was it breathing okay after breathing it was journaling yes so from journaling we can also do other things that i explained which are creative and where you can express yourself personally i've tried writing poems articles um i've also tried drawing things drawing portraits trying uh, different color pencils different art styles charcoal also uh, i've also done some exercising some jogging i've tried uh, reading more books learning more about personalities um i've tried to talk to various people have different discussions and these are all things that i do at various times when i when i get the opportunity to do and they're all very rich experiences where i learn something each time and personally for me learning every day is is something that i enjoy doing if i don't learn something in a day i feel i've not been very productive so for me productivity also involves to a certain extent completing tasks and doing things but it also involves becoming um i'd say becoming more learned as a person gaining more skills or attributes or improvements in certain areas it all adds up to the to the point where you can you can do more things you can be of help to other people in different circumstances you become a more versatile person and you're able to be more flexible in the things you can do so all of us i believe and i know have a creative force within us it's a matter of what outlets we choose to express ourselves in if we consume too much we lose the time and the energy to express more of ourselves if we spend most of our days watching movies playing games uh doing many things that take away our time and we spend more time consuming those things than actually outputting certain things then you can already see the input to output ratio would be of high disparity if you spend let's say 5 hours a day writing a story then in a month you would have had that's 150 hours of writing and say in an every, in every hour you wrote uh 3 pages for instance so that's almost 450 pages you could have written in a month and that would be enough to write a book so that's what i mean by output versus inputs and productivity then becomes a skill where you must you must how you use your time and your energy and your focus and your attention and other resources that are important how do you put all of these together to make you do more things in the limited time that you have on this planet uh there's a certain principle it's called the pareto principle this principle states that almost 80% of results come from 20% of the efforts put into it um it also means that 20% of anything can generate 80% of results so 20% of the world's population owns 80% of the total amount of money 
on the planet um or you could say wealth 20% of the features in the mobile app is used um and 80% is ignored so that's the principle so you can see the 20 to 80 being applied in many many ways and that's just one way of seeing that small results or small variables can achieve big impacts so we should not feel helpless or alone sometimes when we think there's too few of us doing certain things for a cause for instance if you are part of a charity organization which has 50 volunteers for instance 50 volunteers may be able to help 500 people every month that is a big impact 50 to 500 others may think you know why must i help other people when you know i'm suffering the thing is your suffering may not be at the level of someone else's suffering so if you sit there and start to play the victim forever and want other people to help you then you're basically creating more helplessness and and demanding more from others than you could have been giving to someone else who was more needy for instance or they had much less than what you had and that is where as to a certain level compassion comes into discussion for me when i when i understand compassion and when i hear the word compassion there's there's passion to it but then there's a certain calm now for me comp means like a a compulsory passion that you need to have it means whenever you see someone or a certain event and playing where you have this desire to help you understand that the person needs something from you and you've able to also figure out for instance what they need and have then decided to help them if you do that without them asking you if you're at that level then it means you're really paying attention to your surroundings and to those around you it means you know what you have and you've understood what someone else doesn't have and you know what you need to do do you need to help them out in any way can you be of assistance if you can and you choose not to it means you are waiting for someone else to help another person now if you were to be in the scenario the same scenario on the other side you were that person and you're standing there what would you expect from the world would you expect someone to help you out or would you then realize that I was maybe one of those people that would ignore a needy person or someone who needed my help and I could have helped them but I decided to look the other way and walk away. So now you've realized that you may be in that situation that you used to not uh care about. So in that same scenario things things can play out in different ways sometimes we get to realize at a certain point that we have to practice compassion to number one become better people in this life we can practice compassion to help one another 
we can practice it to understand one another better and then we can learn how to show mercy and and care for one another we become less vindictive less vengeful less bitter about life we start to see that there is positivity around us there is a lot of wonder and amazement and beauty around us and the evil and the darkness that surrounds us sometimes is 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 less of a greater force but we sometimes let it consume us the the fear and the the darkness that we become so lost we lose the sight in a sense of all the good around us and then the badness begins to take over now i want you to remind yourself if you're ever in that spot that after every storm when the clouds clear away the sun is seen again so at the at the end of this darkness that you may be going through there is going to be light and this light may not necessarily be a physical light but it means that there is a better state for you in the future um the thing with life itself is it does come with a lot of pain and suffering that's almost guaranteed for every living person will experience um various levels of suffering on this planet that is what the buddha discovered once he was a prince and when he left uh the castle which was all made to, to seem um like a perfect place to live in when no one was sick and everything was uh everyone seemed happy and healthy once he got sick and tired of that and had never seen suffering and finally ventured out of the castle and saw people um in in poor state in poor health filth around the place outside the palace he he saw a whole new dimension basically a whole new reality that he wasn't aware of and so the buddha basically at the time decides that he will strip himself of everything the title of him being a prince his wealth everything and he would live as a basically a poor person on the streets and this went on for a very long time to the point where he 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 started to question whether it was actually worth it like this life was actually not bringing him much ex- much richness not or a, a certain level of um fulfillment what he was looking for he wasn't getting it so that's when we hear the story of the buddha sitting under a tree for about 40 days meditating and then suddenly he gets hit with the realization that uh this life is bound to cause you certain levels of suffering uh however despite all of that what is it that is relevant to us today and then it was to basically live a live in a, in, in a manner that is accordance with nature the moment you realize that fact that when you live according to your nature and you live in the prescribed form in the form where there is a, a certain level of understanding a much higher understanding and respect for balance and 
and for harmony then you you start to see that a lot of our problems today are being created because we're we're certainly in a state of imbalance in many in many many aspects so once we start to fix this balance it's like the balance between the darkness and the light once this balance is is at a certain level we will start to see a better future and with that i'd like to end this podcast here thank you for listening and i hope to see you next time hello good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you find yourself welcome to my podcast thinking out loud i am your host naman zahid and in this episode i would like to discuss human social behavior currently kedar is going through a lockdown as most cities across the world are in except those that do not agree with the concept of the lockdown as a means for stopping the spread of a virus after 100 days the rate of infections have not dropped we were promised by the president that we would flatten the curve eventually as the months progressed what we've seen from the data is that it is actually increasing in number and logically speaking when the number increases what do you got to say